a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the stream. We've got a hot one coming straight out the gates. You're about to see what happens when you produce a show uh, and you only spend about one minute getting prepped every single morning before the show. We have a hot mess express lined up for you today. Believe that. I'll explain it all in a minute. But good morning, everybody. Welcome to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. This is episode number 536 on January 16th, 2024. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Marcus Kyler of the Yeet Crew, Sebazot, Kerry Chisson, Johnny Five. Hope everything's going well. My man, Mason, Matt McDaniel with the Coffee Cup Cheers. Jesse Johnson with the LFG coming in hot from Colorado. And my man, Nick Barker, hopefully staying warm in the great state of Oregon. It is chilly up there, my friend. If you're coming in from the upstate like John Hoyt or from the low country like Rhonda Rummerfeld, everybody is welcome and welcome to the party, pal. Over the next 45 minutes, I'll be given my expert opinion and analysis on all the top cybersecurity stories of the day and giving you insights on how you can apply it to drive cyber risk reduction for your organization. Or if you're looking to break in the industry, believe me, you've got massive value here. Believe that because the networking is phenomenal. The stories are important. You will be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current? This is a banger of an answer. As always, I do not know what uh, the stories are. I don't prep a research. And today, unlike any other, I literally have no idea what the stories are. CISO series has failed me. And uh, we're going to be going directly to the Simply Cyber Telegram channel and pulling stories. So who knows what kind of grab bag we're sticking our hand into. Also, fun fact, you may notice the music is messed up. For some reason, Spotify decided to sort my music for this playlist. Um, and you can't resort based on the way I had it. So I don't know what we're going to be getting, but we'll be playing it by ear as the day goes on. Super, super excited for the show. Uh, Want to give a shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors who are always kind and considerate, especially when the show doesn't go exactly how it's intended to. Starting with my good friend Eric Taylor and the crew over at BarricadeCyber.com. Barricade Cyber. Tom Bishop, Hot Mess Express, coming in hot. Good to see you for 18 months, Tom. Hope the boot is doing well. Guys, shout out to Barricade. Ah, you've got to be kidding me. One of these days, my my pocket knife just ripped my headphones out. Who knows? Mark Tape, episode 536, the one where Jerry just melted down. That hands is so hot right now. All right, so check it out. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses recover from cyber attacks and the damage done by those cyber attacks. Listen, cyber attacks can cause 
massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. Like going to the coffee uh, pot at the break room and there's no coffee there because Johnny didn't refill it when he took the last cup. Roar! But guess what? Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. What's up to everybody over on LinkedIn as well? Like all of you, Abraham Usman, good to see you. Guys, shout out and love to Panopsi Security. Guys, they understand that things just like this show don't always go as planned. And you've got to pivot, 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 right? Pivot. So get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. Three-year roadmaps are a cute concept, but sometimes you need to adjust based on inflation, recession, staff, uh, threat landscape. Threat actors don't care about your three-year plan. Spoiler alert. So let me tell you this right now. Thank you, BSEC. I will obviously get into that if, uh, if you drop those in mod chat. Um, get a partner who understands your program. Penopsite Security can come in and do um, uh, tabletop exercises enterprise risk assessments, information security awareness. They can do all that. Plus, they can go in and look into your data center, look into your tech stack, look into your security controls, see where your gaps are, do a threat exposure assessment, and and basically tell you where you need to spend your money and where to go in 2024. Holler on that. Love it, love it, love it. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, also anti-siphon training, but more about them at the mid-roll. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth one half a CPE. Wizawaza with the gifted sub. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you, Wizawaza. Definitely appreciate that. Coffee cup cheers to you, my friend. Listen, each episode like this one, even when it's a hot mess express, uh, we don't use the dumpster fire emote very often, but I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. I feel like it's a dumpster emote day. Um... Each episode is worth half a CPE. So if you have uh, professional certifications that require ongoing maintenance with CPEs, guess what? Say what's up in chat, grab a screen cap, throw it in a file, a folder on your desktop. And at the end of the semester or end of the year, count them up, count them up, multiply by 0.5. And that's how many CPEs you got. Giddy up on that. It is Tuesday during the semester. So there will be no jaw jacking. Uh, at the end of this stream, but based on how this thing's going, I don't know. This thing's going to come off the rails. I don't know if jaw jacking would have made sense anyways. Guys, if you're live, you are catching this hot and fresh right out the oven. Say what's up in chat. Hashtag Team SC. If you are a member of the community and you are here in the house, if you're on replay, hashtag Team SC, because guess what? Even though live and replay are two different things, hashtag Team SC, we are one community together. James McQuiggan coming in hot. I thought this man was on vacation. James coming from the uh, coming from the balcony overlooking the great seas. Love it, love it, love it. And as far as the way that this show's going, catch me outside. How about that? That's how I feel. Catch me outside. How about that? We're about to run rugged up in here. All right, guys. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. All right. So let's let's do this really quickly. Um. If it's your first time in the show, hashtag first timer in chat. My friend, we have a special emote for you. We have a special sound effect to you. And I want to let you know that you have picked one of a day to be your first time on the stream. This is definitely not how we typically roll, but it is what it is. Because guess what? It's called business continuity. We don't just shut the shop down because things aren't perfect. We roll on. What's up, Kathy Chambers? Oh my gosh. 
Kathy Chambers, my uh, you know executive producer, she's going to be mortified when she sees how this show goes. All right, check it out. Here's what we're about to do, y'all. All right, here is the deal. So normally, as many of you know, and some of you first-timers like Malachi Norman. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Malachi. Oh, hey, and Priscilla, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Mason, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to hey, the squad party, members, pal. do me a solid and welcome our new friends into chat, please, with the John McClain, welcome to the party, pal, first-timer emotes. All right, so here's the deal. Normally, I pull the CISO series podcast down with the blog posts. They have been, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm not, I'm not super pumped about it. Um, so we are pivoting. And today I see B second chat dropping top news stories. So we get to actually curate our news stories, which is good because sometimes the stories aren't exactly cyber and we, we like that. So B going to do it. I'm going to use chat GPT to summarize it. I will read in my most, um, you know, I don't know, uh, newsworthy voice, and then we'll do the stories. Okay, sound good? Anybody got any questions? Let's go. All right. Let me get a coffee cup because this is coming in hot, hot, hot. And BSEC, I think I need about six stories, please, if you can. And you can use the Simply Cyber Telegram channel if you want stories, but we need about six. We'll do three, mid-roll three. All right. Hey, Space Tacos coming in with the super chats. I mean, with the gifted subs. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Paul Savage just became a squad member, right? Boom, baby. Robert Lenaris, squad member. Can we just become best friends? Yep. All right. Let's get into the news, y'all. All right. So here we go. First story coming in hot. Coming in hot. All right. Hackers weaponize Windows flaw to deploy crypto siphoning Femidrone Stealer. ChatGPT, what do we have? Dang, 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 dang. All right. Threat actors exploiting a patch security flaw in Microsoft Windows. The threat actors... Oh, wait, hold on. I forgot. Hold on. I got to do my uh, my newsworthy voice. So glasses mean I'm uh, an automaton. They deploy an open source information stealer called Femidrone Stealer. The Femidrone Stealer targets web browsers and data from cryptocurrency wallet and messaging apps. It also takes screenshots and gathers system information. Stolen data is sent to attackers via Telegram on their command and control server. Attackers leverage CVE 2023-36025, a security bypass vulnerability in Windows Smart Screen. Microsoft has addressed the vulnerability in the November 2023 patch updates. All right, check it out. So check it out. This is a basic standard story. Uh, Windows November 2023 uh, patch comes out. Threat actors have had about three months to analyze those patches and detect where the um, vulnerabilities are, right? They could reverse the patches. Uh, Windows Smart Screen, I don't know what that is. Obviously, it's some type of built-in Windows uh, functionality. A couple TLDR here. One, you got to patch it. Ah, you got to patch it. Right? You got to patch it, first and foremost. So if you're not patching your Windows systems, that's a priority. Second of all, uh, worth noting, they are exploiting this smart screen thing. I don't know how they're doing it. If I had to guess, it is a local exploitation, not a um, like unauthent unauthenticated remote bypass. So what does that mean? That means that they need to trick Carl. <gasps> they need to trick Carl to click on something in an email, fall for a fish, stick a USB drive in, go to a, 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 
go to a fake website and download what they think's a PDF, but it's actually an executable. And unfortunately, Carl doesn't know the difference between PDF and executable. Uh, Carl, by the way, for our first timers and uh, newcomers, is a uh, our avatar for a standard end user. And we throw shade a little bit at Carl, but it's not because we think Carl is dumb. You are so dumb. Not because of that, but because Carl is an end user. Carl works in accounting. Carl's job is to worry about balancing the ledger and the books. Carl's job is not to worry about phishing emails. That's our job, okay? But we got to be mindful of that and protect Carl from himself. The final thing I'll say is that they mention here, and this is a good one for um, uh, people interviewing for jobs, threat actors are using Telegram as a command and control interface. Uh, now, Telegram, the widespread messaging app that many of us use, I'm a Telegram user. Um, yeah, I can do a group chat and be like, oh, like, what's up? Like, let's have a community meetup at DEF CON. But threat actors can set it up so certain commands come in, webhooks fire off. I myself have a Telegram channel for Simply Cyber that has all sorts of webhooks that auto-populates it with stories. It is a very common vehicle for threat actors for C2 traffic because guess what? People aren't going to block Telegram, just like they're not going to block Google Drive or GitHub and things like this. So just be mindful of that. It might be worth your time um, investigating how Telegram is used for C2 infrastructure if you're applying for a job as a SOC analyst or as a pen tester. Let me just... And side note, because I'm now producing, curating doing the newscast and everything else up here. I, I really can't look at chat very much. Even mod chat is kind of hard. So uh, just be mindful of that. I'm doing the best I can up here. Next story. Um, hold on. I need a sounder for going to the next story. Um, let's try this. You let me know in chat if you like this. Next story. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Inferno malware masqueraded as Coinbase drained $87 million from 137,000 victims. ChatGPT, what do you say? The operators of Inferno Drainer created over 16,000 malicious domains between 2022 and 2023. Inferno Drainer scammed over 137,000 victims and made an estimated $87 million in profit. The scheme used high-quality phishing pages to trick users into connecting their cryptocurrency wallets. Inferno Drainer operated as a scam as a service, operated offered affiliates a 20% cut of their earnings. The scam spoofed more than 100 cryptocurrency brands across 16,000 domains. All right. So here's the deal. Couple things. One, crypto. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. All right, guys. Guess what? The more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, we got a nice little workflow looking here. Uh, the Inferno Drainer team. So the, everything to the left of this graphic is basically the criminal infrastructure. Um, they send out fish, they have a phishing website. Uh, they send out tweets on Twitter and victims fall for it, connect their wallets and their wallet gets strained. Dude, this is like basically cryptocurrency uh, fraud 101. People are so frothed up and so out of their mind to get rich quick and to like be the first to market. Because guys, guess what? Here's the deal. And I know there's a lot of crypto people in chat who love it and all that. Cryptocurrency, go listen, hold on. Cryptocurrency doesn't really have any value. There's no utility to it. So the only way to get rich 
with cryptocurrency is to be the first to market with it because then you sell it to some other person for more than you bought it, right? The idea is that you get in early, sell high, right? So it's a, it, it's basically a foot race to get to the low prices before it surges, but there's no utility. It's just a, it's like a run on something that um, a collective thought makes it valuable, all right? So that's what they're preying on here. And they tweet out on Twitter, like, ooh, you're gonna score this. If anyone has been in Discord for a hot minute, you know dang well that people, when when Discord servers are not scheduled, or not scheduled, but permissioned correctly, threat actors will drop like, oh, check this out. We've got an NFT mint drop coming. Ooh, check it out. We've got Solara 3.0 drop. Like all this crap. And it's just scam after scam after scam after scam. Right? We live in the golden age of cybersecurity learning. We also live in the golden age of like crypto fraud. It's very, it's like untraceable. There's no regulations around it. People are set, like people will fall for it all over the place. And these people are getting rich to the tune of $87 million. Now, one thing I want to point out, your $87 million is also basically perceived value of cryptocurrency. So it's not like they got 87 million USD. They still would have to exchange it into on a platform to USD because of blockchain. All those victims accounts are like those transactions are well known. You'd have to stick it through a blender, which is a service that kind of mashes up what wallets hold what fraud money. Uh, so even though it's $87 million and that's a salacious story, the threat actors are not going to get $87 million. They have $87 million in crypto, but try to buy a boat or a house or pizza, right? Like, good luck. It's going to be hard. All you can do is go like over the counter and try to sell. Here's how they're going to make money. Here's 87 million in crypto and you give me 1 million USD, right? It's like selling counterfeit money, right? Like if you've ever done that, like I have, no, I haven't. But like the point is you're not going to get dollar for dollar trade value. You're going to get like pennies on the dollar because the only way to cash it in for USD is to take a huge haircut. But at the same time, they invested zero dollars as far as like investment. So it's all it's all cake for them. All right. Um, what are we doing here? Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, just this is a crypto story. Educate your end users. Phishing websites. People are going to fall for it. Tell Carl. Uh, people on Twitter who purport to be like experts um, may or may not be. Actually, this is a good opportunity for educating your end users just in general on how... Um, you know, like we always educate people basically about getting fishes in email, but you gotta be, you gotta be like mindful that fishes can come into any vehicle. It's basically a fish is basically just communicating to an end user. It doesn't have to be email. And a perfect example is Twitter or discord or email or telegram or these pig butchering uh, scams that people will text you. Long as you get it in front of the victim, that's all that matters. All right. Where's my glasses? <laughs> Computer, where's my glasses? All right. <clears throat> CEOs are still concerned about the security risks of AI, even if it will boost productivity. ChatGPT. According to a PricewaterhouseCoopers study of over 4,700 CEOs, 64% of CEOs are concerned about cybersecurity risks associated with AI, while 46% have confirmed, 
concerns about legal liabilities and reputational risks related to AI. The inefficiency in routine activities cost businesses around $10 trillion in productivity. Despite a more positive outlook for global economic growth, almost half of CEOs lack confidence in their company's long-term survival. CEOs believe AI will positively impact worker efficiency, their own efficiency, profitability, and revenue. I don't see how that bullet um, that bullet con, con, um, conflicts with the previous bullet. So ChatGPT, I'm not sure. PwC suggests businesses should focus on AI-related talent acquisition and staff training to boost efficiency and productivity. The study emphasizes the importance of AI in helping companies. All right. Like anything else, like AI is the hottest thing ever. Shall we play a game? They talk about lack of productivity costing trillions. Like I didn't, I didn't hear like big claims and big uh, chest beating going on it um, prior to AI. I didn't hear CEOs losing their mind about oh, the productivity losses. Cash, but now with AI, it's like oh, trillions of dollars. We're losing money. All right, guess what? I can write an AI that's a CEO of a company. So like, why don't you pump the brakes on that and get in the same boat rowing with us? Work the rank and file, Mr. CEO. Uh, <laughs> we're all, we all can be automated with AI. So let's be chill about that. Um, I will say um, that two things that are wicked funny and mods, I don't Well, I, I don't want to really mess with this, but basically um, I saw everybody's throwing AI into everything right now, but I, I saw a really funny uh, meme of the um, the guy with the flex seal where it's like, um, basically every business is saying that their product has AI enabled, but really on the back end, it's just a chat GPT API call going on, which is like 90% of everything. Um, guys, I will tell you this. Um, I won't go too down, too, down, too far down the rabbit hole. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. And I'll tell you, I, I, I was having trouble sleeping for a few weeks there uh, around some thoughts I was having, musings about AI. I did talk to Charles Finfrock and he actually soothed my, uh, my, my concerns. But here's the deal. I wouldn't really worry too much about AI taking your job, but I will say, and I, I've said this, I think Merrill Vernon, I think, no, no, no. Uh, I forget who said this, okay? But it's not attributed to me, but I'm echoing it is that if you're not using AI, you are doing yourself a disservice. Like basically, and again, the people with gray in their hair will know what I'm talking about. But when the internet came around in the 90s, right? Like it was a basic digital skill. Like if you didn't know how to use the internet, you were gonna get left behind, okay? Then like in the mid 2000s, Excel and Word. Like I used to put Excel in Word on my resume as like a skill I had. But now, like, let's be real. No one's putting Excel and Word on their resume because it's assumed you know how to use a spreadsheet and a word processor, right? So these are basic skills that are assumed and required or you're left behind. AI is no different. I'm using AI right now to help sort the show out, right? In real time. If you're not using AI, you need to start using AI or... Uh, it's not that AI is going to take your job. It's that some other human who is using AI to be more efficient, faster, higher quality will take the job. You, you feel me? So I, I'm, I get this productivity. I feel like in this story, CEOs are basically just like losing their mind because they're trying to wrap their arms around this thing. All right. 
All right, let's do one more. This coming from Casually Joseph. Thousands of Juniper, and then we're going to do the mid-roll. Um, thousands of Juniper network devices vulnerable to critical RCE bugs. Yet, oh wait, hold on. Thousands of Juniper network, oh wait, hold on. I'm, Jesus, I'm a hot mess over here. I told you, I warned you it was going to be a hot mess express. Thousands of Juniper network devices vulnerable to critical RCE bug. ChatGPT has more. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. Coming to you live from the field, more than 11,500 Juniper network devices have a new remote code execution vulnerability. InfoSec researchers urge admins to apply patches urgently. Juniper Networks recently patched the critical RCE bug in the Juno, Junos OS. The latest vulnerability, CVE 2024-21591, affects JWeb configuration interface. It is a severity score of 9.8. Fashy. resembles a previous exploit. South Korea has the most exposed devices followed by the United States. Attackers can exploit the flaw for root privileges or denial of service attack. Juniper Networks has not seen an exploit in the wild. Yeah. All right, so check it out. Juniper, you don't hear about Juniper um, very often, but I would consider Juniper, and BSEC, weigh in on this if you want, Juniper, I think, is a tier one um, network device. I always forget about it. I'm always like Cisco, Aruba, all this. But Juniper's legit, okay? Last I checked, Juniper's legit. So if you're running Juniper, their Junos OS is definitely a flavor of operating system um, specific to Juniper devices. And there's an RCE bug. Here's the deal. If you're running Juniper, your network team needs to... Your network team definitely knows how to use Juniper, right? Like if you're running a Juniper shop, there's no way in hell. Sorry. Sorry, Kennedy. There is no way that you don't know how to run Juniper. So you need to apply these patches. Now, they're saying South Korea and the United States have the greatest um, exposure risk. If you live in South Korea or the United States, and if you run Juniper, then this is a higher elevation of likelihood. The one saving grace you have is that they said they have not seen exploitation in the wild yet. So that means there's a temporal variable. When we do gather around children, <laughs> gather around the fire, when we do uh, vulnerability management and we assess the score of a vulnerability, yes, there is the how bad is this? In this case, it's a 9.8, which is wicked bad, 9.8 out of 10. Super bad, easy to exploit, internet facing, you get root privileges, hot mess express. Okay. Everything today is a hot mess express, but it's not being exploited yet. That's a temporal variable, but believe me, there are sophisticated threat actors. There are computer scientists working feverishly either because they want to, or because they have a soldier standing behind them, telling them they have two choices and they're going to want to choose to develop an exploit choice. So it's just a matter of time. We, you know, days, maybe weeks until an exploits in the wild. So think of this as your window to get this sorted out. The clock is ticking. All right. So way to go again. Um, it's, it's a 2024 ex, uh, vulnerability. Um, the, the final thing I'll say is that, uh, and this is more for people who are looking to break in or junior. When you do look at a CVE number, as you can see, I've highlighted it on stage right now, CVE 2024-21591. The CVE is always there, CVE, right? 2024 is the year it was discovered. So you can tell right away, this is a brand new vuln. This is hot, 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 hot. Fashy. 
And then 21591 is just a unique identifier. It does not mean that there has been 21,590 other vulnerabilities released this year. That is a naming, uh, a numbering convention that I'm not going to get into right now, but it is not incremental. All right. All right. Let's get to the mid roll. All right. Um, let me, of, of course, my, um, of course, my thing is all screwed up. So uh, let me do this really quickly. Oh, get out of here. So mad. So mad here. All right, let's go. Uh, all right, everybody. Hopefully you're having a great show. I see a lot of people enjoying this. I don't know if I could keep this up every single day. I will tell you, we are uh, make we are in the process of making major changes to uh, the show format in order to facilitate smoother operations day in and day out. But right now, I want to thank all of you. If you're getting value from the show, entertainment value possibly. That Hansel's so hot right now. If you're getting educational value, go ahead and hit the like button for a second, please. It goes a long way. It goes a long way to helping other people find the show. If this is your first episode, I promise you, this is not normally how we run it. If you're a long timer, <laughs> you're welcome. Get your Maui on. Uh, thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, and Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, Anti-Siphon Training is here to disrupt the traditional training industry for the cybersecurity industry. They provide high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, everyone, regardless of financial position, meaning you could take really, really awesome training taught by SANS-level instructors for $0. How is this possible? What's up, Jamie Fleck? Thanks, man. Love, love the support. Appreciate the eight months you've been with the team here. Uh, guys, they have a special opportunity coming the last week of January. They're running the Active Defense and Cyber Deception course. Right there, you can see it taught by John Strand and the SOC core skills taught by John Strand in the first week of February. So two weeks back to back. If you really want to come out the uh, come out the cannon hot, um, for 2024, these two weeks could be invaluable. And I just want to tell you, I think it's like 11 to four or something like that. Like it's only four hours a day. So technically you could, you could like do this at work and you know, it's not like, you know, 8 AM to 5 PM and you're like, you know what I mean? So get up on this. There's links in the description below for both active defense and cyber deception and, um, SOC core skills, Emmanuel dark with the super chat. May St. Jenny Stilly, our lady of cybersecurity, shower blessings on this stream. No kidding. Absolutely. All right, guys. Hey, we've got the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I want to let everybody know that right now, Daniel Harper has the baton. Daniel Harper, if you're in chat, please tag somebody. For everybody else, listen up. If you would like to grow your professional network in a meaningful way, do the following. Go on LinkedIn. Search for this hashtag. Every single day, one person in our community posts their story on LinkedIn and uses this hashtag. So you can go find those posts, connect with the person who posted because they're a member of the community, connect with the people in the comments because they're a member of the community, and comment yourself. By commenting yourself, the next person who comes through is going to connect with you. So for five minutes a day for two weeks, you can actively build your network, but also passively continue to build your network while you're asleep. It's amazing. 
And if you want to be the person who has the baton and posts today, Daniel Harper is going to tag somebody. And if Daniel Harper is not in chat, let me know, people, and we can take a volunteer. All right. Tidbits Tuesday. I share a little bit about myself. I shared it yesterday. I'll share it today because I don't have one in my head right now. I play Magic the Gathering. I played it a lot when I was a kid. I'm getting back into it. So if you like Magic the Gathering Arena, hit me up on the games lobby on the Simply Cyber Discord server. Get your la-la-las on and let's bag back into the show. All right, next story coming in hot. And by the way, thank you everybody for uh, rolling with us today on the business continuity show where we are executing the DR plan. This is what it looks like when you remove third-party dependencies. China's gambling crackdown spawned wave of illegal online casinos and crypto crime in Asia. Coming to you live from Asia is ChatGPT. ChatGPT, what are you seeing in the field? Global crime networks operating in Southeast Asia casinos used for money laundering, junkin operators facilitating crime. China's crackdown on junkin op. Chat uh, GPT, you're coming in a little janky. Can you clean it up? Uh, yes, right back to you, Jerry, in the studio. Online casinos facilitated by SaaS providers, proliferation of payment providers. This Chat GPT, this is a hot mess. We cannot take you. Uh, we cannot take you live from the studio. All right, so I'm going to try to do this one because this story, ChatGPT puked on itself. Um, all right, so China's gambling crackdown spawned a wave of online casinos. Okay. Inaccessible and autonomous armed group territories host crooks use. All right, so here's the deal. Um, do, do. All right. So this shouldn't surprise anyone, okay? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Casinos, just go watch the movie Goodfellas or Casino or any of those. Casinos, there's a lot of hard cash coming into casinos and staying in the casinos, right? So there's so much um, opportunity for money laundering, right? Go, go educate yourself. This is a total worth your time on the Darknet diary episode, bank of Bangladesh. Okay. Lazarus group, North Korea, they stole, you know, a couple hundred million dollars. They tried to get a billion dollars, which is hilarious. They ended up, I think getting $81 million total, but they used a casino to launder that $80 million out of the country in Macau, right? So China has banned um, casinos for, I think, since 1949. And now they're um, cracking down on illegal casinos. But here's the thing. People with money, they like to gamble. People with money like to money, like, you know, people want to do laundry and want to money launder. So there's basically, like the way the dark web is, there is a market for casinos and people are popping them up. And because China's cracking down on it, it's like it's like cockroaches, right? It's not like you you like turn the lights on and they just um you know like Thanos snap disappear. No, they go somewhere else. 
So there was a massive wave of illegal online casinos um, that jumped up. And then because it's online, there's all sorts of opportunity to fish people, steal their creds, steal their money, steal their wallet, commit fraud, um, like use online casinos, like control it the way the back end is, like ultimate bets way back in the day. If you didn't know, ultimate bets was like an online poker scene uh, when poker was like hot in the... Um, in like the mid two thousands, uh, Texas Hold'em, anybody. And, uh, but they had like a God mode where like you could see everybody's cards if you were in the God mode, which is a completely unfair advantage. So anyways, China's cracking down, uh, no big deal. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider here. One, I'm sure China doesn't want their citizens, um, gambling, right? Because, you know, it, it could, you know, fraud, corruption, et cetera. Plus China's probably not getting a piece of the proceeds. Great cash, homie on um on all of that money so whatever i i don't really know why mods picked this story but they did so it is let's go all right let's go <clears throat> also chat gpt puked on itself there GitLab patches critical password reset vulnerability GitLab has resolved a critical authentication vulnerability allowing attackers to hijack password reset emails Coming to you live from the field of GitLab is ChatGPT. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm, um, oh my God, who's the guy who was the announcer for the Chicago Cubs forever? Harry Carrier. Thanks, Jerry. Vulnerability in GitLab's email verification process with a CVS a score of 10, which is incredibly high, the highest, allows password reset messages to unverified email addresses. It can be exploited by attackers to hijack password reset process and impacts all user accounts with usernames and passwords, including those with a single sign-on options. Accounts with multi-factor enabled vulnerable to password reset attacks, but not <laughs> account takeover. GitLab suggests that if you are running version 16.56, 16.64, that you, or a backported GitLab version, 16.162937645, users advised to update to the patched version and enable multi-factor for all accounts. Ah, you've got to patch it. Oh, thank you, uh, ChatGPT. You might want to get that looked into. <laughs> All right, check it out. GitLab, if you're running GitLab, you got to patch it. Ah, oh, you got to patch it. You got to patch it. Listen, people, it's a CVSS score of 10. It doesn't get higher. If they could light it on fire, they would. This right here is where we use the dog. This is fine emote, okay? That straight up is this is fine. If you're running this, reset it. Uh, one other thing, if you're running GetLab, you have to have multi-factor authentication on. Here is the deal with this particular bug, okay? You go to a website, you have the greatest password in history, right? You run a 300-character password. You're pushing the envelope of what's possible. You need a quantum computer to type in your password. That's how freaking awesome it is. However, you forget your password. You click the reset password. It sends you an email. Threat actors have discovered that you can change that email. And typically when you get an email that says, click here to verify your email, and then it says, okay, your account's been verified, the GitLab doesn't have that. So a threat actor can stick in 
threatactor at email.com and hit password reset. And guess what? They reset your huge quantum computer level 300 character password to uh, password123, and then they log right in, and then they got you. Again, if you're running multi-factor authentication, good news, they can change your password, but they cannot log into your account because they don't have the second factor. Of course, you can't log in either because you don't have the password, but that is what it is. So if you're running GitLab, this is an absolute, I know we're having fun on this stream today, but it's an absolute pause everything and go get this updated. The story does outline what versions of GitLab are impacted. So definitely make it a priority, okay? Make it a priority if you can. Let's go to the next story. Um, mods, I need a story. <laughs> I need a story. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> oh, this is a good one. Um, ShmooCon to take its final bow in 2025. The founders of the cool and successful hacking conference, ShmooCon, planned for the event to go out on a high note by making 2025 its final year. ChatGPT, do you have any additional context? Like, you, Jerry, Jerry guy, you thought I was in Asia, but now I've gone to D.C. for ShmooCon. ShmooCon organizers Bruce and Heidi Potter seeing it as a commencement ceremony rather than a standard occasion. ShmooCon has grown over 20 years, attracting attendees worldwide, including all types of people that you would see at DEF CON. The conference consistently sells out and sponsorships are in high demand. The conference is a family affair with the Potter's children helping run it and a team of 90 volunteers. All right, so here's the deal. ShmooCon, ShmooCon, um, there's a couple great things here. One, I've been to ShmooCon. If you wanted to go to ShmooCon at some point, um, if you wanted to go to ShmooCon, next year's your final year, okay? They're going to end it. They announced it at the uh, finals uh, talk. Um, they announced it. Um, ShmooCon, uh, I went in 2011, I think. I didn't personally have a great experience, but that doesn't mean you can't have a great experience. There's two interesting things about ShmooCon. One, they have what they call F5 day. Uh, F5 is uh, known as the, the function key that will refresh your browser. ShmooCon, you can't just buy a ticket to. They release a fixed number of tickets and they open up at the exact known time. Everybody knows what time it opens up. And it's basically a foot race like Oklahoma Sooner land grabs. It's a foot race to get a ticket. Now, I got a ticket through a different meme which I'll explain if you want. It's nothing crazy, but I got a different ticket. I I remember for two years, I had everybody in my office. I worked at Booz Allen at the time. I had everybody in my office like waiting, hitting F5. So like I had a team of humans trying to do it and we still didn't get one. Um, I think people wrote sniper bots and stuff like that to get theirs. TLDR, it's a very exclusive conference to get into. Fun fact, it is in... Um, it is in Washington, D.C., and it is intentionally in January. Now, why do they do that? Well, this is a really cool community thing, and if you didn't know, now you know. DEF CON is in Vegas, and it's in the summer. <clears throat> Not everybody can get to Vegas. Not everybody's available in the summer. 
the organizers of ShmooCon, as it's been told to me, intentionally set it up to kind of be like DEFCON, except on the East Coast and in six months later. So the idea is that they're trying to afford a DEFCON type conference type experience for people who are unable to get out to Vegas in the summer, right? So I love that part about it. Obviously, like they said, it's a family affair. Um, good on them. And I mean, 20 years, 20 years is a long time. We ran Simply CyberCon this year, and that was a lot of work. Uh, I can only imagine what it's like to have been doing this for 20 years. So way to go. Um, way to go. So get on it if you can. Let's go. Uh, let me see what final story. Oh, I don't have a final story. Let me let me pick one for myself. <clears throat> uh, my throat is killing me and I have to go teach after this. Uh, I'm looking at Telegram right now. Hold on one second. Um, uh, it's not very good. All right, whatever. I'll pick this one. All right. <clears throat> last story. My throat's killing me. All right. <clears throat> U.S. court docs expose fake antivirus renewal phishing tactics. ChatGPT? All right. Thank you, Casually Joseph. I I'm going to run on this one. <clears throat> okay, there's a lot here. The U.S. Secret Service executed a seizure warrant related to a $34,000 theft from a fake antivirus renewal subscription emails. Special Agent Jolief of the U.S. Secret Service submitted the seizure warrant to recover the stolen funds. The stolen funds, the stolen money was traced to a Chase Bank account linked to Bing Song Zhao, associated with phishing scam impersonating Norton Antivirus. Victims who called the scammers were tricked into giving remote access to their computers, infecting them with malware and sharing account credentials. All right. <clears throat> Here's the deal. This is a good one to end. This is a good one for, uh, for Carl. <clears throat> okay, so check it out. Here's the deal. Um, two things. One, this is a really common attack technique. Two, I find it stunning that the U.S. Secret Service got involved in a scam that had racked up $34,000. Again, if someone walked into the studio in the back room and was like, Jerry, here's $34,000, I'd be like, let's roll, baby. But dude, in the grand pantheon of um, like cyber attacks, cyber extortion, et cetera, we just, talked, we just talked about a story where like these dudes drained $87 million, okay? Million dollars. That's where you get involved. $34,000, like, I don't even know how that shows up on someone's desk. Now, that's not, to, that's not to undermine or marginalize the victims who lost $34,000. That could have been someone's, like, entire nest egg, right? So there are real victims here. I appreciate it. But, but the TLDR here is for your, um, for your um, end users, this is a wicked common attack. Basically... Many of us have seen this, but you're you're cruising around on the internet. You get a pop up, or you get an email saying that you're you're um you're got to renew your antivirus, or that you've renewed your antivirus, and you you know you didn't pay for it. So someone like 
you know, my aunt Kathy might be like, oh, it says I paid $500 for an antivirus that I didn't pay for. So instead of looking at a credit card statement or a bank account, you just call the number to get it sorted out, right? Good people doing good things. Well, when you get on the phone with the scammer, they're like, oh yeah, there is totally a problem. Let me, we accidentally installed Norton antivirus and charged you $500. Let me uninstall it and we'll give you your money back. And at that point, they're going to get on your machine and take you over. And it's unfortunate, but this is how it happens. I want to point out, this is not some crazy, sophisticated threat actor situation. This is straight up sending an email, which anyone can do, and convincing someone to call you. There's not even like a technical, there's nothing sophisticated here. When they when they install remote access solutions on your machine, they're using like LogMeIn or AnyDesk. They're using an approved commercial solution. These threat actors are not sophisticated. They're basically socially engineering victims and then they trick them into giving money. What I would say is if you uh, educate your end user about this attack so they don't fall for it. Secondly, I, I want to um, let you know um, that there is an incredibly great video on YouTube by um, Payback Scammer, I think his name is. And it's called uh, it's called 100, 100 versus one or something like that, or 100, 100 scammers versus one or something like that. Uh, someone in chat, please let me know. Like John Hammond and Ryan Montgomery were in the video, which is why it kind of like flushed into our industry. But it's a phenomenal documentary on, like if you want to dr like drill real deep into like this attack and understand it, go watch that video. Um, go for it. Uh, Chris Patton, I love this. Thanks, Chris Patton, offering some insights. Chris Patton was in law enforcement, first of all, Chris. Nice. And he says the rule of thumb was if, if the loss is under half a million, we didn't expect Secret Service to be interested. 100%. I didn't know that for a fact, but like definitely aligns with what I was thinking as well. All right. So let me um, let me do this really quickly. Where's my one song? Is it this one? We got. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Scammer payback. Yeah, thank you. Where's my skyline song? Oh, here it is. This is the one I always go with. Okay, here we go. All right, everybody. What a show! Wow. Hey, I told you there was no there was no misleading you. I told you it was gonna be a uh, hot mess express today. We had a good time. We had a good time. I'd love to thank all of you for rolling with the punches. We are a community, guys. I am a human up here. And when crap breaks, I have a choice to either not stream, which is ridiculous, or make the best of what we got. Shout out to the mods. Let me throw some mod love. Shout out to the mods for helping me uh, facilitate the stories. Much love to all of you, squad members, first timers long timers it was a hell it was a hell sorry kennedy i gotta go with it it was a hell of a stream what an hour now normally i gotta giddy up out of here because at 9 a.m I, I boogie down to the citadel to teach but we got a few minutes and i'm feeling like uh like i don't smoke but i feel like it's one of those situations where i need to like grab a cigarette and be like like you know that um that um, Ben Affleck meme or whatever, we're like, ugh, like just step outside the studio and be like, Jesus, what just happened? So good times had by everybody. I hope you all had the had the good time. 
Nick Vattle, first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. Nick, I, <laughs> this was quite a unique episode. I just want to spend a minute and uh, say what's up to everybody in chat because I really didn't get a chance to look at chat or talk to mods or anything like that. All right. Amish Runaway. Aside from mentioning this is a messed up day, I would never have known. Amish Runaway says, this is my second day. I like the vibe, says Marco Polo. We need a Max Headroom version of Jerry, says Johnny Five. Uh, Trevor said, huge changes, but we appreciate it. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, ChatGPT was drinking on his lunch break, a, a three-martini lunch as it got slippery down there at the uh, end of the stream. Um, what else we got? Uh, shout out, Casually Joseph, a new um, newly minted mod. Casually Joseph, appreciate that. There I am right after the stream before I go to the Citadel. Oh, my God. Christian Perez, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Thanks, Sebazot. Appreciate it. Shamir Sultan, or Syed Shamir Sultan asking for a LinkedIn. Hey, did we get a, a Simply Cyber Community Challenge person? Chris Young, do you have any advice for preparing a submission to speak at a cybersecurity conference? Yes, Chris Young. If you're going to submit... Uh, to speak at a cybersecurity conference, do the following. One, have a, have a title, obviously. Have a title, have an abstract. The abstract is, what are you going to talk about? And then include three takeaways. Because the people reviewing your submission, they are stewards of the attendees, right? Like, the people who are picking the conference talks, they want the attendees to have a great experience and want to come back next year. So if they pick like, so they need to know what is the value to that. So make it crystal clear, spoon feed the, uh, the CFP panel by telling them exactly what the attendees are going to get out of it. Galaxino, Galaxino has the baton. Thank you. Uh, waiting through logs says everything about jumping in the news with Black Hills. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very good friends with Black Hills. I know a, a lot of the folks over there. We have a great relationship. If they asked me, they've never asked me, and I'm not going to insert myself. They've got a pretty good thing going on over there. So, yeah, I know, I know. I don't want to do jaw jacking today just because, oh, whatever. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> You guys twisted my arm. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Jaw Jacking with Jerry Guy. Jesus, did you see Dr. Charlotte with that stream? <laughs> what a mess. Wow. I'm joking. Welcome, everybody. This is Jaw Jack. And if it's your first time here, like Nick and others, basically on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, I go long for a half hour after the show. Um, I, I basically end the stream at 9 a.m. Uh, and typically, I do this jaw jacking only those days. But because we left a little early and because Chad is twisting my arm, I'm joking. Oh, Pursuit of Bliss. Uh, Black Hills is asking me. 
Where are, are they in chat right now? Is wading through logs black? Oh, <laughs> hi, Wade. <laughs> yeah, Wade, I, I'd love to jump on the, uh, <laughs> I'd love to jump on uh, the news with you. Just tell me when, man. Uh, I just got to work it in the schedule. Oh my God. This, this one is directed at me. Okay. This one's for me right now. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. Real. Yes, Jerry, I am so dumb. That was totally at me. Sorry, Wade. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, let me know, man. Woo! All right. If you guys enjoyed that episode, I'll tell you what. On April Fool's Day, we typically go bananas. Uh, maybe I'll do a similar April Fool's Day. Also, so you guys know, on April Fool's Day... We use Discord chat instead of YouTube chat, and it really gets hilarious uh, with all the GIFs and stuff. Um, hey, Hacksaw said he won a prize at uh, Simply CyberCon. Talked to the mods. He said it was something from TCM. Uh, okay, cool. Hacksaw, yeah, absolutely. Um, is Josh Mason in chat? Uh, hack sauce. If you can, uh, like do like at me, if you can at Gerald Ozier PhD on simply cyber discord in the general chat and just say, Hey, it's hack sauce. And, uh, like, I can't take care of, like, I can't take care of this until I get back from teaching. And also, um, I forgot to share this with you guys, but, um, at one o'clock today, where is it? At one o'clock today, we have the episode three of Cyber Starters, which is a live stream for cyber entrepreneurship with Brian Lairvik. I love that. This Thursday, we have Tom Nom Nom. This guy is unbelievably awesome. He's going to be my um, guest for Simply Cyber Live. Um, so all that is to say, Hacksaw, I've got to go teach. Then I got to come home. I'm working on Cyber 101. I have to do the Cyber Starters podcast. Then I have to continue recording labs for Cyber 101. Uh, then I have a meeting at four for night studios and the production of that TV show in April. So I've got a busy day, but I will get into it or, or, or hack sauce. If you can at me and at, uh, Josh Mason, cause Josh was helping me with that. We will get you sorted out. All the prizes definitely existed. Okay. All right. I got to get, I got to get out of here. Tom, nom, nom, Curtis flush, Tom, nom, nom. All right, I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. Your chat, what a hell of a show. Sorry, Kennedy, but you know, this sometimes things happen. Be good, everybody. I'll see you at 1 p.m. Eastern for Cyber Starters. I hope you can be there. Until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. One.